Live from Overland Studios in sunny Culver City, this is Secret Skin! Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, Rap Podcast proudly brings to you its independent champion of the world, Open Mike Eagle! Thanks, guys. You shouldn't have her. <laughs> you probably should. <laughs> yeah. Big weekend, folks. The Emmys were yesterday, and I didn't watch them because there was a big wrestling pay-per-view. <laughs> it was also the fourth annual LA Podfest, which I didn't attend because I wasn't invited. But it's okay, because it's not okay. (laughs) And it was discovered that a Texas police department covered up the circumstances around the shooting and killing of unarmed mother Yvette Smith. Well, we've got a great show for you today. Razzcast is here. And my musical guest, my new t-shirt. And we've got that performance for you right now. Hey, shirt. Now? Yeah, man, I just introduced you. Oh, shit, let me put this hamburger down. Yo, DJ. Mm-hmm. Kick my shit! You can wear me. I'm maybe blue and green and white and stuff. I'm a t-shirt, and I say words It says Ziggy Starfish on my front part I'm a t-shirt, I can fit you Everything from small to double X I'm a t-shirt, you can have me at openmikeeagle.bigcartel.com Save up for me, cause I'm a t-shirt Save up for me, cause I'm a t-shirt Yeah! T-shirt, openmikeeagle.bigcartel.com Uh, I'm a t-shirt, you can wear me I didn't write no more words about myself I'm a t-shirt, you can wear me I don't have no arms, how did I write this in the first place? Yeah, save up for me, I'm glad the chorus came in, yeah Save up for me, the chorus just said save up for me and it saved me from not having no more words than a song. Hey, Mike. Yeah, man. Help me out on this part, please. I guess. There's a secret radio hour. So unprepared. There's a secret radio hour. There's a secret radio hour. Shit, come on, T-shirt. Me, the T-shirt. So yeah, save up for it, I guess. What you're supposed to be learning now is that I have new T-shirts, new Ziggy Starfish T-shirts available. It's only 50 left at openmikeeagle.bigcartel.com. What you're supposed to be learning. 
small to double X. This was all supposed to be done in song form, but somebody, somebody was eating a hamburger. How? How are you? Okay. Anyway, on today's show, we got Razzcast. This is a very uh, special, special episode of Secret Skin. I've been a fan of Razzcast for as long as I've been rapping. This is a lot of years. And um, it was an honor to have him on the show. Called him on Not the Greatest Day. It was soon after uh, Sean Price had passed away. And he had a long uh, history with Sean Price. He was around when uh back when sean price was known as ruck and he was beginning to um even toy with the idea of changing into sean price or changing uh changing his approach on the microphone along with changing his uh his his rap name and going in that new direction he speaks about that and uh many other things in uh in his career collaborating uh ghost writing his his struggles with being on a major label and uh and what he's doing now independently. He's got a new project called Semi Hendrix, which is out now. This is my talk with Razzcast. This is the Secret Radio Hour. That's that's a sad reason to be traveling, first of all. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm glad I could at least go. I remember like the first time, you know, I heard y'all together on a track at a uniform joint. Uniform, yeah. <laughs> See, this world is filled with idiots. What did you and illiterate, inconsiderate motherfuckers that's kicking the illish shit? Left in two thirds of this nigga that's water evaporate. Then I want Jesus Christ to evacuate. Fuck pulling the nigga's car. I want the deck and the dealer. Rubber monogamous items, my commodities. I see one bitch ass nigga in my head. You know, the transition from Ruck to Sean Price. And he was already, you know, he was a little nutty ass Ruck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He fully embraced his the, inner he, retardedness. Yeah, yeah, and then like everybody, he'll write a bar about the last bar, and oh, then yeah. like you know what I mean. I'm like it, it was, it was something. Uh, I think it's something real important in that. You know what I mean? And how like an artist can kind of stretch out their longevity by keep finding finding different things. Yeah, you know man. I mean? Well, I remember it's really funny because when he decided to kind of become Sean P, like. It was we was all in the projects and the set flows like and then my cousin is Blue Da Vinci, which uh-huh. is why that record I put on a, a Impossible Dream. You know, Rock does his sound effect because he says if I don't, um, I will pop your noodle. If I don't do it, then Rock will shoot you. Mm. And then I put Ruck, and then I put Blue at the end talking because we all like literally, you know, probably eighteen, two niggas from L.A., two niggas from Brooklyn, hanging. But I, the point being is. I just remember the nigga actually saying, like, niggas is dumb. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> all these niggas do this flow. And I'm, and I'm working hard. I was like, yo, I, yeah, nigga. Yeah, the whack niggas, you know, or the average niggas, people go crazy. And then he started doing his pattern. He's like, I'm going to start rapping like this. I remember. And I started, we would, he had us laughing, all of us. Damn. And the projects. And then, like, maybe a year or two later, that was really, that was his flow. Like, he, watching him develop, man. It's just funny, just being able to be a fly on the wall, not even a fly on the wall, just being interacting with somebody and watching them go through their journey. Same way, I'm sure, you know, my homies have watched me, you know, evolve, devolve. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, well, that makes me want to ask you, though, like, because you, that makes me, when I look at Ruck, the transition to Sean Price, it made me think, like, oh, Zev Love X transition Mm. to Doom, or uh, even you look at Butterfly being ish, Mm -hmm. Bass Palace. You ever thought about switching to Alter Ego or something like that? 
I am Razcast is my alter ego. Right. You know, uh, I made him up. You know, to be a better version of me. It's just uh. that you know, John is a strong personality. John Austin corrupted Razcast. So, <laughs> so what was what was what was Razcast supposed to be? The better me. Uh, you know, with knowledge itself. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, an African. You know, Razcast was right. a real person. Uh, the Ethiopian uh, king and. You know, John Austin, I'm John Austin the fourth. So, I, you know, Ross Cos was going to be my better me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, Raz Cas was fucking up too. Just because <laughs> John Austin <laughs> fucked up a lot. So, solo nights and all those are a narrative about a conflicted person. Right. So, I was always dealing with Descartes, the duality of man. Like, I know better, I should do this, but I really enjoy doing this. And you ain't wetting me. You need to stop rapping and start robbing banks like Steady B. Cause see, no matter how much green you make, you never taste avocado. Just another broke Versace mind. Tiger Woods ain't even up the par in the game of survival. That's why I'm pissing in your crystal box. Drink Listerine, brush my teeth with amphetamine so I can sound fresh and say dope things. Cause I've noticed, you know, from Soul on Ice on, it's like all of your albums you always have, like, you know what I mean? There's like a militant persona, mm-hmm. there's like a party persona, there's That's just me. straight spitter, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Did you ever have any like pushback from the labels, especially when you was dealing with majors? Like yeah, they want you to I, try to push it in one direction or the other. Right. And, well, that was always the conflict. Mm-hmm. Like we, how do we market this? And like, right. Like, well, you know, but I wasn't the only one on that label that had a problem being marketed. So you got to remember, Jay Z was on the label. Right. So. Reasonable Doubt is a priority records mm. album and you know initially didn't do well at all right um, did worse than Solo Nice so um, they didn't understand that we had a vision for ourselves and, and you signed us with a vision and then you start trying to change that vision not polish it or you know or, you know fine uh, tune it, it exactly you just want to say this is selling and act like so and so. It's like no, because that's so and so. I'm doing me. This is who I am. And uh, yeah, it, you know, there's the other part that I was too West Coast to be East Coast, too East Coast to be West I mean, Coast, absolutely. too lyrical to be gangster, too gangster to be lyrical. But that's who you signed. That that's who I am. How did that even happen for you? I mean, when I listen to you, I hear all sorts of influence, everybody from Rock Him all the way to Good Life. You know what I mean? Like, how did it happen that you was in L.A., as deep into L.A. culture as you were, but then when you approached rap, it's, you know, it sounded all these, sounded like all these other influences? Um, I, I mean, there was only, you know, for the most part, there was, uh, there was some Miami people that had record deals. There were a, a few Texas people, you know, being, you know, uh, you know, Scarface and them, and then, right. you know, a few West Coast people, too short, and, you know, and, 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 and you know, I don't even want to not mention people. I'm just saying, like, yeah. there were not. It wasn't the, a whole. It wasn't, there was no internet where a million people could put out music. It was right. like, MC Hammer had a record deal, you know what I'm saying? Too short, DJ Quick, mm-hmm. NWA, Ice Cube went solo. Uh, you know, WC in the Mad Circle. Uh, yeah, Rock, Rock him, Big tree, Daddy basically, yeah. yeah. Big Daddy came, Rock him. You know, the era right before us, you getting Tupac, Biggie, Nas, Common, you know, Common Sense. Right. Um, Outcast kind of makes the cut 
were I still feel like they're like our like generation, first, yeah. right? They're, you know, but everything else is you know those dog years that year or two before us with you know the Wu Tangs and the so and sos like those are the generation right before us, and they were all my influences, you know, big daddy, you know. Biz Markie, Slick Rick, and that's the generation before Nas and them. Right. So it's all these different, you know, then you get into even older generations where there's, you know, LL Cool J and Run DMC and, you know what I'm saying? So uh, for me, um, I once I got into it and really liked it because I was late to, to rap music anyway, um, then I just did research. But you started real young, though, right? Yeah, but I, I, I wasn't musically inclined. Mm -hmm. mm. So... I, I, it wasn't something I planned on doing for like for a job or no shit like that. Um, I didn't really listen to music until I was eleven. Uh, -huh. yeah, just because the shit that was playing in my house, you know, my mom like was super real Christiany. Mm. Um, uh, she's listening to like opera, and then like Christian records. Um, I didn't really fucking. Do nothing for me, right? Um, <laughs> wasn't no. grabbing you as a ten year old, right? Like. <laughs> and I'm hearing like maybe Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston, and honestly, you know, as amazing as R&B is, it didn't touch me. Like once I heard like "Fuck the Police," I was like, "Oh shit, this shit sound like some shit I want to be around," you know? Or yeah. Houdini, One Love, you know? Like started hearing these songs in no particular order, which was first or second. It was just you know, the station we had here, K-Day. And hearing this shit like this is sound like it, it touched my soul. Like, mm -hmm. okay, I could EPMD, you know, you guys to chill. I was like, yeah, I like that. Yeah, you know, doing my research, I realized how many amazing people. But how my did, influence how, was all of them. How did you? I mean, because it's interesting, too, because you talk about pre-internet. So research is different then, too. But then usually pre-internet, people usually end up rapping like whoever's around them. You know what I mean? So it's kind of interesting to hear somebody who uh, who was able to, you know, drop Grab, on style right, right, from all over the place. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, I had KS1, man. Yeah. And that was it for me. Yeah. Because I was always, you know, you know, read books. I would, you know, I I had a I had an interesting life just the way I was raised. So, How was that? Well, my mother's not from here. My mother's from Louisiana. Mm -hmm. um, my, you know, the Creoles on my mother's side. My dad's from Arkansas. They met here and, you know, basically had prior marriages eventually before they met each other and then had me and my sister. Mm -hmm. We grew up culturally in Watts, but my parents, you know, have went through the 60s. And, you know, that's why the parents moved here, my grandparents and all that, to escape what was happening in the South. Um, but we were culturally um, one generation away from the poverty they just left. Right. My mom and my aunties worked hard uh, to make that eighty, ninety, hundred thousand dollars $100,000 a year, mm -hmm. go to college and all that shit. That wasn't really an option in the South. And then uh, had us. But, you know, their mother still kind of liked the community and stayed in the ghetto so because my parents had to work we had to go to school in the ghetto so i always had the balance of growing up in watts and even that was different because culturally we were creoles i went to catholic school until oh, i was in seventh grade okay 
So even in the, and if you go to a Catholic school in the, the ghetto, predominantly it's not going to be black people. It's going to be Mexican people. Right. So I had a whole different perception of shit because of how I was raised and because of my culture. And and then you pre-internet, pre you know, really pre-cable television. Right. You know, TVs you know turned off it. You know, after the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, that shit turned great. There was, <laughs> was no, there was nothing on television. Yeah, yeah, nothing, bro. So, if you're the only boy, you got four sisters, and there's nothing to occupy your time, then I would read. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of comic books, but then other shit too. I like dinosaurs. I like sharks. I like cats. So we're reading books about that type of you know, shit. So same, just, same vibe. Yeah. <clears throat> what um. What early books sort of impacted you too, like in terms of like really digging into a subject? Um, well, I think from Karis one. Well, actually, we had actually even probably before Karis one. Um, we just had a whole set of uh, what you call them? So we had uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Uh huh. So I read those. Um, I think about that a lot, man. Like how important that was to my world. You right. Know what I mean? Big ass stack of world books, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, like, damn, like that's all. I mean, it's the world at my fingertips. Done with, and, and, I mean? and it's not opinions, you know. For the mo- the most part, encyclopedias are well researched, right? And so, there's so much information. Um, I mean, I still have I, my mother always buys me another. So those are Encyclopedia Judaicus. Whoa, you know that that. Uh, this is gonna internet can be corrupted and words change yeah, this sure. shit is re, you know fact that how, people how recently is that run uh, was that was that edition you know what uh, I, mean? I, I don't know the edition she, she, she'll go to you know so they do still sales. make them yeah they still make I them I don't even know that yeah so I, I, I haven't checked those yet she just brought them to me maybe about two months ago and I've been running around but it's great to have that because when I really want to research something, I can go down and, you know, Britannica's Britain, there's Afrika- Africanas, yeah. and then there's Judaica. So uh-huh. my thing is the encyclopedia, they have all of them. But that, you know, that yeah. makes me think of something too because when I'm, you know, researching for this uh, interview, you know, and I think about how, like, a song like Nature of the Threat, for me, like, you know, I'm in high school, 13, 14, you know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I never heard anything like that you know what I mean like and I'm sure there's a lot of people for which they hear a song like and, and the only the only thing I could think of it is like a research based kind of rap song you know what I mean like it's a thesis paper right that's um, that's the way I approach and I was trying to think of like who else had even ever done anything like that the closest I could think was Cares one which you mentioned but not to that degree right you know what I mean right and and uh, you know that being a song that has a lot of, you know, real, I would say, incendiary things to say about white folks. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming there was a lot of white folks involved putting that album out. Did they ever have, resist on that level? That was my demo. Uh, <laughs> you got signed off Nations in the Threat? It was one of the songs on the demo. Wow. Everybody knew I was angry. Roughly 20,000 years ago, the first humans evolved with the phenotypical trait. Genetic recessive, blue eyes, blonde hair, and white skin. Albinism apparently was a sin to the original man. African, so the mutants travel north of the equator. Go European 
questions later. The first race haters. So is the devil's alpha to the beta? Consistory best qualified to teach one. Quoting German philosopher Chopin. Now every white man is a faded or a bleached one. Migration created further mutation. I didn't expect anybody to to like the song. I made it for me. What did you expect the reaction to be? A lot of anger. Mm-hmm. But I didn't give a fuck because, you know, once again, it was researched as well as I could. You know, there's always going to be some, you know, some flaws. And, and it's a thesis paper anyway. So there's one opinion. The opinion has to be uh, uh, backed up by facts. Mm-hmm. But you can take facts and paint a whole different picture with right. the facts. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Exactly. It depends on which facts you pick. What perspective you right. start from. Right. Yeah. So I picked a fucked up. I mean, it's not fucked up, but kind of, sort of. You know uh, that you know white people are potential predators based on the fact that they control all these aspects of how we are raised, mm-hmm. you know, and how we perceive our world. Um, and now, you know, that was my opinion. That was my thesis. Then I had to prove it historically, and that part was irrefutable. You know what I'm saying? Is this, is this still your thesis, or would you no, do it differently no, today? No, of course I would. Okay, I've I've I've, I've grown. I perceive the world a lot. You know, I, I mean, the facts still are the facts, right? I, I, I don't regret the facts. I just think, you know, there's a different way I, I probably would have put these in perspective. You probably get a lot of people who um, want you to kind of do the same thing over and over funny. again. Yeah, That's been a, a fight of my entire career. It's because people want... The people that like Solo Nice have this big... You, you know, I mean, literally the person that wrote my Source article, Source Magazine article for my second album... Basically, you know, put t- words in my mouth and tried to. He came with a thesis, mm. and, you know, and basically said I sold out on my second album because I wanted the success of so and so and so and so, and that was not the case. Um, and then used my words against me, which you know I find that ironic. But um, he wanted solo nice again. When you think back on it, uh, from when you got started to, yeah. to now, like what's the what's the most fun time you ever had? It's all fun. Yeah, it's been horrible. It's been awesome. I'm, you know, rest in peace. You know, I'm not going nowhere no time soon. So it's been a journey, man. It's all about the journey. Um, It's all been awesome, man. I've had so many amazing memories and gotten to meet and become homies with some of the people I'm big fans of. I was big fans before I met them. I became bigger fans after. Um, I've traveled the world. I, I will probably, God willing, will continue to travel the world and see shit, get paid to do something I love. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's been rough. It's been times where I'm like, fuck. Yeah, on the I last record, on the on the uh, on thing on the same song, Animal Sacrifice, it was like rap tour to kind of make you don't want to rap no more. Yeah, well, I said niggas uh, niggas can't even speak sixteen on a rap show. Oh, okay, okay. Like I've seen people like, you know, you know, listening to you know whoever sway in the morning or whatever. They like, yo, spit something, and nigga fall off on the first floor bars. I'm like, wow, bro, like how are you? Why are you here in my job, man? Mm. Like. 
and and people say you hot. Like I guess you could have made a cool record, but you're not good at your job, right. man. You're not good and, at and, the and, basic and you, and job, you, right? And you're you're getting an outlet that. You know, I, you know, because I'm not on a major label, nine times out of ten, it's a lot harder for me to get mm-hmm. my plug, my slot into this job. And then you get on here, and you are fucking trash, man. Right. Because you're down with so-and-so, you know what I'm saying? And he's got a hot record. So you get this crazy, epic opportunity, and you not good, bro. Mm-hmm. And that's so fucked up, because this is the only job in entertainment where you don't have to be good at your job. Yeah. Now that kills me. Like, see, you know, I, I, I give these analogies because they, they are important analogies. Comedians, maybe actors, you don't have to be good. So maybe two. But you're not going to win no Oscar. You know, right. your peers aren't going to fuck with you. You could be Van Damme and just keep doing the one trick pony. Exactly. Oh, I could do a kung fu kick and I'm going to kick, you know, I can kick all the way straight up. Gimmick, yeah. Right. But, you know, in general, I can't say, you know what, fuck it, I'm Kobe. I'm the, I'm LeBron, and then I get out there and... And shit the bed on the basketball court. You can't do right. it. Right. Well, I, I can't do it in real life. Right. I just can't do it. I can't do what he can do. Uh, I can't say I'm a comedian, go out there and... And, and bomb. And, and bomb stage, yeah. all the time. Just bomb all the time. Even with somebody else writing my material, nine times out of ten, it just doesn't communicate the same way. So rap is the only thing that is really... Some people be like, that's cool. Because labels spend so much money to say that's cool. So it's just the image, and then other people actually come in and do a lot of the work, too. right? Yeah. Okay. And then you put a nigga to the test to do the basics of premise of his job, and he can't do it. It's like, man, you are wait. They used to say, stop wasting wax, but now everything's basically digital. So you just you're wasting that slot mm-hmm. that your records playing, or, or you know, you're trending on Twitter, and you're not good, man. And that sucks for for the people that really practice their craft and hone it. Um, it gets worse when you know one person that's good at one part of the craft lies, and then he gets people to write for him and act like he's a dope lyricist. Like it's just disrespect to the craft. Mm-hmm. And, and you, so even you know in 2015, you feel like the the ghostwriter bit is like a big foul. You know what I mean? I mean, I've, I've ghostwritten. And I, I was going to ask you that, yeah, too. Had you I, ever written? Yeah, I go, I've ghostwritten. But I'll, I'll tell you this. There's a difference between, because somebody, you know, I put something up on social media. And, you know, and then the dude's like, you ghost real, too. But, you know what I'm saying? I don't see nobody talking shit about Puffy and, and Dre. And I was like, well, you know, the funny thing about Dre is he's never said that he's a dope rapper. Right. He's making a record. Rapping a couple of verses that you can hear the ones Eminem write. At least I right. can. You can hear the patterns. Right. right. I yeah. can hear the pattern of the M. I can hear the pattern of, of, of Jay-Z. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can hear whoever's writing the record. I can hear Exhibit. You know, whoever's writing the, the, the verse. But that's not his claim to fame. His claim to fame. And he's never said, like, I got the hottest lyrics. I'm the dopest lyricist ever. <laughs> D-R-E. I make the hottest beats. And I fucking make the best lyrics. Okay. Puff never said that. Nigga said, don't worry if I write rhymes. I write checks. Right. Okay, cool. So you, we know part of your brand is you're going to rap on a couple of songs, but really you're, you're the Quincy Jones of this shit, and then you find these talented people to get in their, you know, get in their positions. It's different when a dude is like, I, I bar up. I'm the hottest lyricist ever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I got the hottest. Like, bro, if seven niggas helps you write that, then you're not the hot. You guys made a very hot album, y'all. 
So admit that me and my niggas write these mm. raps. If you claiming some lyrical shit. So that's the only difference. I, I just find it a, a slap in the face because your brand would still be successful if you would admit that your your expertise might be in making beats and you like to rap and you come up with a couple of cool lines and these other people help you make really amazing things. And that's your brand. You're a Snickers bar. I don't expect a nigga named Dr. Snickers to be in there every day baking toffee. And, 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 you understand what I'm saying? You mean Mr. Snickers ain't coming today? Right, right. When oh, I go into the funny. store to buy a Snickers bar, I don't expect a nigga to be in there putting peanuts. I'm pouring the chocolate on. Okay, I get it, bro. Signing his name. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, so that's all. It's just that difference. That, um, that, and I think that's a fair enough. I'm not asking for too much to say Snickers bar dudes be Snickers bars dudes. Don't say this is freshly baked, handmade. Well, let me ask you this because I, I think what's happening in some situations now is that some dudes come up being a Snickers bar, you know what I mean? Being, yeah. being that uh, artisan rapper, and then they get to a certain level. And either because they want to or because they get pushed in that direction and they start getting help. Right. Now, should they acknowledge that? I think they should. Huh. I mean, if you if you aren't... I, Dre acknowledges what he is. I, you know, I'm not here to name a million names, but... But he's at... It, 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 but if, if some of y'all cats, if you're Snickers Bar brand MC, because the only thing I'm concerned about... And then I would say the same thing about Beats. If you're not... Really making a beast get a credit where the credit is due. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you, I mean, dude, Quincy Jones can play a lot of instruments. Right. He normally doesn't, though. He just finds dope saxophone, his dope, you know, upright bass, has a vision, and wants you to sing this part or do whatever. Um, Prince, too, you know, but Prince can't, you know, he could be the whole band if he wanted to, but he's like, nah, I'm about a revolution. Or, I'm going to have so and so, like Wendy and so, what's her name? You know what I'm saying? So I, I understand. Being the Snickers, because you got a lot of hats to wear and it's a lot of work, just acknowledge it. You talking about that, that studio experience makes me think about like all the times and all the different people you've collaborated with. You know, mm-hmm. from like Golden State Warriors, Horsemen, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, if they betray you, then they'll betray me. The PAC gobbler, rip them now, let them bleed. Know exactly what he needs. Tie his legs to the tree. And no, nobody else tortured this little fucker but me. When you see me gliding across the fort with my horse, applying force, recognize all of us is the boss. No remorse, never heard of it. All decisions, permanent. Problem, call a horseman. Niggas who love to murder shit. Rip limbs, take gems from wealthy or the fucked up. See you riding, taking your horse. Skinny or pumped up. Drag you on your own horse. Stab you with your own fork. Is that is that important to you? Like you you enjoy getting around other people and writing and making stuff together? Yeah, um, I, I, I tend to be kind of my own, you know, selfish. <laughs> no. I mean, me too. Honestly, I personally, and I've been in crews. Right. I don't like it really. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. really, like, I feel like my best my best creativity happens when I'm kind of in my own zone. I don't really have to talk to nobody. Right, you know what I mean? right. And That's dealing with person. personalities right. and all that. But it's good in, in the sense of I like other people's energy around, mm-hmm. like especially when everybody's in a good place. Like right. once one person goes rogue or negative, it can affect everybody. And I never realized how much that could just fuck the, the vibe off. But when everybody's in one accord... Amazing things can happen, uh, and they come and they, and they happen painlessly with less effort. Because obviously, I my contribution only has to be, you know, 
this much. Oh, okay, 20 bars. Okay, and then, fuck, I got half a hook. You got the other half of the hook. Cool, nigga, this shit came together really quick. So that's kind of being that that Snickers. Right. You know what I'm These saying? guys are a factory now. Right. Uh-huh. Right. And when, when that energy's right, it, it's, it's crazy. And, it, it, and, you know, every time I've worked with somebody, um, you know, even producer or artist, when we're sitting in the studio, it creates a different chemistry. And I imagine, like, with the horsemen, I mean, you got, it's you, Corrupt, Cannabis, Killer Priest, strong mm-hmm. personality, strong mm-hmm. creator. So, like, you know, <clears throat> what does happen when two or more people have a strong opinion about which way y'all should go with a beat? Like, how do y'all hash that out in terms of, like, okay, you're going to take the lead on this one? Our creative shit wasn't the problem. I think our biggest part was other people coming in trying to vampire off of what we were what what we were we were the first super group right you know um and there was a lot of potential it was i mean uh, the expectations was through right. the roof oh well the records were coming out really dope yeah um and we i mean it was pretty easy because i mean honestly we did it very democratically if okay. i i you know if i didn't like a beat but i'm outvoted then i'm gonna do my part uh-huh I mean, I've been wrong before. I've not picked a beat, and and then somebody else picking and pick make it, beat. make it, make a dope. You know, some shit that's classic. So, right. I, I was always okay with saying, "Hey, I could be wrong here. I just, mm-hmm. I'm just speaking my mind." Initially, I don't love this one, or I don't know. I don't, I want to change this beat, and and yeah, all alpha males, right? For alpha strong, males, strong, strong. Fully developed rap egos. Yeah, yeah. But but it was easy, man. Honestly, for the most part, it was easy um, because you get outvoted. Mm -hmm. So and then that's just the wave. You don't even have to think about it. Right. Yeah. It's not that you disrespected me. It's just you guys outvoted me. We outvoted you, my nigga. (laughs) Do your part. You know what I'm saying? So you know, it could be a two-two tie on something. And then niggas just be like, all right, well, let's just do it since y'all two want to do this uh-huh. particular thing. It just makes more sense. So it sounds like there's a lot of respect in there. Just a lot yeah, of man. just a over, yeah. you know what I mean, abundance yeah. of respect. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. It's, you know, like everybody I mean, had earned thing. their own. And it's not like I'm surprised to hear that because of y'all. I'm just surprised because I know half motherfuckers, uh, you know, know what I mean? And I know, like, even with. You know, two people ain't made a nickel yet. How hard it can be right. to kind of get on the same oh, yeah, page. Man. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's that's incredible. No, we 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 kept it democratic, which made it simple. I mean, even when I left the group, it was democratic. I didn't even know you left. I, I, yeah, I left. I left two years ago. And okay, so it's still a thing. No, um, okay. I we it fell apart. Somebody leaked the stuff we did. Yeah, I listened to all of it on right. YouTube yesterday. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody had leaked all that. That was older shit. Right. I was like, all right, whatever. Um, they didn't leak it. I'm sure they sold it and made some money because that's what people do. Um, I, I, it, I was so far removed from it, I, it didn't matter to me. And then when I came out, um, I really wanted a record for myself mm-hmm. when I came out of my second term in prison. So around whatever, 2010. I was oh, like, so you made it before then? Yeah, all okay. that shit was old. Okay. All that shit was from old two. Damn. Yeah, that shit was like old one, really. Old one shit. So then we went back in. I was like, well, look, I want to do one for my record. I had a double CD that I was working on called Adidas. And I was like, yo, you know. And then Slaughterhouse had already became Slaughterhouse. And I was like, yo, 
is dope. You know, embraces my man. Uh, yeah, he was on the uh, the um, Horseman joints, right? One of nah, them. Wasn't nah, he on one of them? I don't think so. Thought he was uh-uh. on one of them. Nah. Um, but you know, Bryce and them had Slaughterhouse. Right. And y'all was a template for that. Right. And, right. and that was the template. And I was like, yo, let's get the band back together for the sake of I was like, they did they they did it. They actually saw it through, man. So don't be mad at them. Cause I remember right after y'all kinda announced the horseman thing, then it was like a thing where like Common and Black Dog mm-hmm. and Pharaoh and somebody and uh, somebody else was talking about starting somebody. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, it's getting it's getting real out here, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it was gonna be these hit squad of illums, you know, you know. I I I loved the horseman because I had a concept for it. Mm-hmm. We didn't really stick to the concept. War, the first pestilence, time. Like, you know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we didn't really run the concept the way I wanted it to. So when I came back out this time, I was like, let's. I don't really. When I said it, I said I don't give a fuck about corrupt. I don't give a fuck about rascals. I don't give a fuck about cannabis. I want you to go read that part in Revelations and become your character. Uh. So that would have been the other alter ego. Right, right, right. So we did a uh, what you call them? Um, we did a song called uh, "This Shit Right Here." I don't give a shit, no vowels, no white flag waving, no throwing in towels. This clash of the titans, more mechanical owls. I hang with the gorgons and stitchy and witches. Cannibalized niggas called you full of boiling bitches. And you don't know the half, so you just 49% of a stupid son of a bitch. And concerning the spit, I'm a hot dog like burning a pit. Get my 23 on, spell team with an eye quick. You ain't your sister, get off of my dick. If you believe every rapper claiming they buy bricks. I got a bridge in London to sell you. Gravity, death, razzy. And niggas, you know, and then, you know, niggas was like, oh, shit, because our chemistry was still intact after, you know, nine years or whatever right. the fuck. And then they was like, yo, let's do this shit. I was like, well, if we do it, I want to do it the way I want to do it. Because I felt like we let cannabis and corrupt drive the car the mm-hmm. first time. So it was like, look, if we do the shit, me and Priest are doing this. And I got a vision of how I want to do it. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's always... It's, it's not always the people that you are with that lose focus. It's people that snake their way in, the manager, the right. you know, the girlfriend. Right. So somebody else like you should be doing this. You should be so it got un, it got undermined by greed and other people with their agendas creating disharmony. Mm. Well that's what's up, man. Uh man, I really appreciate you uh Spending the time and uh, and opening up. Um, anything else you want to leave the people with? Any any uh, projects on the horizon? Oh yeah, man. Uh, uh, I should definitely be promoting uh, Semi Hendrix. Okay. So Semi Hendrix is uh, me and a producer named Jack Splash. Jack is a multi platinum, uh, multi Grammy winning, three time Grammy winning producer based out of Miami. Uh, we got an album coming out. It's called Breakfast at Banksy's, and it's on Mellow Music Group. We did another, you know, we did another one-off. So, you know, make sure you fuck with, you know, uh, the Apollo Brown record, which is blasphemy. It's a fantastic album, man. Thank you, brother. Oh yeah, that uh, that joint, good uh. Too much, too much of a good thing. Too much of a good thing. Is that a, is that a true story? See, at first we was having fun, but now you having too much, and I'm not having none. Why do I get upset? Coming home with fucking hickeys on your neck. Lipstick on your dress. I'm sure she was hot, but I don't want to hear the rest. They say sharing is caring. It's a true story, but it ain't about me. Sometimes okay. I'm right okay. from 
somebody else's Word, perspective. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For so sure. even even because that you know that and not to interrupt, but like that vulnerability, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? From in, in, from the male in that in that right. situation, I thought that was super tight, man. You Thanks. know what I mean? Thanks. I hadn't seen, I hadn't heard nothing like that. I, I, that beat just drove yeah. me, and I knew, <laughs> and, and it's about somebody I know, my homeboy. But it's always easier yeah. to me sometimes if you say I, yeah, because people as a it listener draws people it draws in. people in. Yeah. So no, nah, it's 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 not about me, but the yeah, the homie like and, and you know of course he will remain nameless, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and us, so there's a few of us that know exactly, including him. Like yeah, yeah this is did just, he did he appreciate it? He, he liked it. Uh, we never talked about it. <laughs> he didn't bring. He hasn't brought it up. Well, I'm like, yo, bro, I'm like, nah, man, I'm pretty mean to chicks, so I'm not having none of that. I'm not, trust me, bro. Uh, trust me, I, I have a reputation for being a, a, a heartless, oh, a fucking slut bag. See, so. but that's but that's what I think. Even that made that song all the more interesting. You right. know what I mean? If you get somebody, you know, in, in the same album you're talking about. Feeling for genitals in the club, you know what uh, I mean, like like making sure it's not. And that's dude, real though. Right? I've done that. <laughs> I bet you. Have. I believe me. I didn't have to ask you if that was right. True. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> I don't know, man. So Adam's album was kind of big. <laughs> I was and I was just, you know, you know, be niggas. That's chicks, bro. I yeah. was not. I was and I remember I was like, dude, you know, excuse me, man. A lot of the shit is real, but sometimes when I say I, it's not me. I hear you. Like, yeah, I'm saying the fact that you did make it, I made it, it did, it made it more powerful. Cause it's like, oh man, okay, this is whole other uh, side to the human yeah, being. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'll wait until you hear this solo night shit, man, because it's uh, this uh, I'm doing solo nights revisited after okay. this, and it's a lot of, and there's a lot of I that's really I, which is so. What does it mean, solo nights revisited? How you, how are you, uh, same songs, concepts? Like, what? um, there were parts of the album that. There was an intro. There was an outro. There were, you know, there were different versions of records. Uh. Um, I had a, you know, I used to record the mic booth. So it's a, it's basically a couple of songs that I'm, I wanted to just remix and take a different perspective on the production side of them. Okay. Um, there's there's a couple of songs that we were working on that we never finished because things fell apart when we were talking about the the business and the friendships. So. A lot of friendships fell apart during the creation of it, so it gives the backstory about what really happened. That's tight. Unpacking the history of the record, of the record, and and literally having this dad. I I lost so many dads and all kind of shit, but I talk about all that. Um, My my, my man MK Asante, uh, who wrote Buck and is 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 bigger than hip hop. He Mm -hmm. you know wrote a lot of big books. MK narrates it for me, so oh, I wrote it, and he narrates me, so he becomes me. So what's the format gonna be? It it's probably gonna be it's almost three albums because there's solo nights as I'm gonna reinterpret it for the okay. you know few songs of you know probably th- three songs are changed. Miami Life was never yeah. Miami Life; it was called Miami Vice. But so. that song, like that's the first song I ever heard from you, like just on some random college radio. God damn! Like that's that song, you know. What I mean, that's an, that's an incredible piece of music, man. That's an incredible Thanks. piece of music. Yeah, I'm just um, it'll it, it'll probably play out more like a double album, but it'll be that, and then there's inspired by, so it'll be okay. a new project. Uh-huh. So, but you know, th- that's where White Power comes in, the the shit with Tech, and um, you know, whatever. I'm still working on it. Uh, you know, Apollo blessed me. He, okay. I got a record with Apollo, and 
you know, whatever, premiere record, whatever. So there's these things that I'm working on. That, that'll be next year. But, um, yeah, but it's just a lot of personal. Like That was a real personal album. Yeah, it, it was. And, it, and this is going to be that kind of personal. So it's interesting. I was, I, I, I'm wondering how I'm going to feel when I come out the other side, mm. uh, you know, exposing feelings and shit <laughs> i mean it's feelings in that album though you know what i mean it's i mean and, and i'm guessing what you're saying is you didn't go as deep as you could have but it's it's certainly the space is there you know what yeah I mean? like everything from jail and the mistakes you made like even leading up to that record is right. in there you know yeah I mean? i've made more mistakes in life you know? so, <laughs> we never stop unfortunately. right yeah, unfortunately so yeah. i it's gonna be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. But right now, make sure you guys check Breakfast and Banksy's, man. You know, we we'll, we'll be starting a campaign by the time y'all hear this, man. And thanks to Open Mike, you no, know what sure. I'm saying? No doubt, man. You know, thanks for taking the time, man. Absolutely, man. Uh, thanks for doing it. Um, I guess that's it, man. This is Secret Scare. Yeah. People, that was my talk with the one and only legendary waterproof MC Raz Cass. Uh, look forward to his semi Hendrix project released on mellow music group um i'm gonna be at the doom tree zoo in st paul minnesota on october 3rd then i'll be in portland at holocene october 15th for a, um it's an event that's benefiting literacy up there and uh in oregon and that should be pretty dope uh, if you're in the area i look forward to seeing you there i was just there for xoxo fest and it was amazing Hope to see some of you same folks out there in Portland. And yeah, new t-shirts, limited edition Ziggy Starfish ones are for sale at openmikeagle.bigcartel.com. Uh, they're, they're probably going to go fast. The last limited edition shirt we put up went pretty quick. So if you're interested, go check it out and buy one. And if as, as long as you're on the internet, um, I said if like you weren't already, um, Rate us, review us at iTunes or whatever you listen to a podcast on. We appreciate it. It always helps out. And thank you guys for all the feedback last uh, last week or two weeks ago. You guys uh, sent a lot of stuff and it was cool to read. Uh, I tried to answer most of it. Please do continue to send questions if there's anything you want me to address. I know I haven't done that a bunch, but I'm thinking maybe pretty soon I'll do some shows where it's just me and you. And um, you send stuff in and I'll talk about what you sent and not ignore what you sent. I'll talk about it. You ask something and I might. I'm going to try to answer it. Send all questions, all feedback, all uh, correspondence to omebooking at gmail.com. It's The Secret Skin. Uh, see you soon.